from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. Kingsley Grant is a professional speaker, corporate trainer, licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindset coach, host of the Midlife Launch On Demand online radio podcast, and a published author. He focuses on helping midlife professionals discover their life's purpose so that they can decrease future regrets, live a life of significance, and create a brighter financial future. He teaches his five transformational score habits to create the framework that will sustain this discovery. He is a proud dad, husband, a man of faith, and an entrepreneur at heart. Kingsley, thanks so much for being here today. It's my privilege, a fan. I appreciate you having me here. And by the way, let me just say thank you for the show that you have and the way you uh, just uh, professionally interview guests and just the, the things that come through. I appreciate the work you're doing. So thank you for that as well. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us today as well, because we do appreciate that too. And, uh, you know, I was telling you before we jumped on the call, I'm actually testing out for the first time ever a standing desk. So if my voice sounds any different to you guys tuning in, let me know in the comments or in the reviews. Hey, we don't like how your voice sounds when you stand. Go for it. That's totally okay. (laughs) And uh, if my feet get tired, well, tough luck for me. So this will be a fun episode. We'll see where it goes. But, you know, Kingsley, I think the first thing that I have to ask is uh, you have quite a lot on your plate, you know, being a, a corporate trainer, you've got the marriage and family therapy, your certified mindset coach. I always wonder when people get into really cool things like this, uh, what happened in their own life that kind of, you know, took them down this path? Because I think that uh, one of the big things I firmly believe in is we really have to solidify ourselves first before we can start to go and help others. And so I'm curious to hear a little bit about your story and how you got to this point. You know, for me uh, as a fan, it's that I have had a, a series of events that have occurred over the years with me. And mainly the last seven years or thereabouts, about eight years now, I, for me, prior to getting into the psychotherapy field of marriage and family therapy, I had a heart to help people. I worked with teenagers for many, many years, about 20 years prior to that. And I, I experienced such incredible dynamic of parent and teens and the relationships that were experienced in their home that really was troubling for me. I, and I remember growing up, my dad and I, you know, you know, he loved us. I knew he did, but there was no affection from him. And so I didn't have that kind of homes. So when I was working with these teenagers and their families, I'm thinking, how can I help them experience the kind of relationship that really allow them to feel more hopeful, feel more whole, uh, just be able to experience life as it ought to be. And I think that is one of the things that kind of springboard me into wanting to help people in the area of relationships. And that's why that whole marriage and family therapy thing came about for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it really comes out of our experiences and the want to help each other. You know, this is such a huge thing, uh, just part of humanity and being a human being is we want to help other people. So it's so great when we can turn around and take our own life experiences and apply it to others. Now, something that I notice here is you have quite a unique accent. So I'd love to hear where are you from originally? I'm from Jamaica and I have been, I grew up in Jamaica. I left there at a very young age, but that's where my accent comes from. 
Very cool. I actually visited Jamaica maybe two, three years ago, probably three, awesome. or, three or four years ago now, and uh, spent some time there. Such a cool place to be. I loved how the one thing I'll, I'll never forget is the bus driver when we were uh, <laughs> going on this trip. He said, you know, I have my Ph.D., and he says, my pothole driver's license. <laughs> and I always thought that was hysterical because the roads there are just wild. They, yes. they don't even compare to the roads here in Baltimore or Washington, D.C. I thought the potholes were bad here. But, man, it's crazy out there. It, I, I tell people many times, if you can drive in Jamaica and survive the roads, you can drive anywhere in the world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty wild. So it cool place to be. Had an awesome time. And uh, it, it's always cool to hear where people are from. You know, one day on this podcast, we might talk to somebody in the UK. The next day, it's somebody in, uh, in, in Jamaica, you know, or yes. in Bali or anywhere else. So it's super cool. Let's, let's jump into this five transformational score habits because you know one of the things here is that um on some of the podcasts i found that we talk for like 20 25 minutes and i'm like oh my god like we didn't get into the good stuff we were just having <laughs> yes. fun so i'd love to just jump into the juicy stuff and and talk about transformation and and maybe even talk about habits you know this has been a tough one for me to kick and i looked at this lately you know if you really want to know what habits you have go and log in online for your credit card bill and check how many times you've gone to starbucks or dunkin donuts for oh, breakfast wow. in the last month because it's a little bit scary <laughs> it, it, it really is and you know numbers don't lie right no <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So, like, why why is it so hard for us to not only create but destroy habits? It's kind of like, you know, the old saying that matter is neither created nor destroyed. Well, I would go as far as to say that it's not matter. It's that habits <laughs> are neither created nor destroyed. But I would love to destroy certain habits, especially considering I have a Dunkin' Donuts coffee sitting next to me. So let's jump into habits. Like, why do we have them? What's so good about them? What's so bad about them? And how do we move into this transformational score habits? You know, I, I find that um, the idea of if I'm going to be successful in life, I need to give my brain enough time just to do the things that I need to focus on. And habits allow me to not have to think about doing something that is routine. So the more I do it, the less I have the energy to use to focus on that thing. So it gets me more room to play on the things that are more important in my life. So, for example, the SCORE habits is really an acronym for these five words. And the S is storification. The C is collaboration. The O is optimization. The R is reconciliation. And the E is elimination. And I believe that these kind of all dovetail into each other because for me, um, Zephan, I remember when I transitioned from a day 95 job and for 20, almost 20 years doing that, I realized that if I'm going to be successful, there's some things I've got to do better. I've got to be more disciplined. I've got to use what I have, my experience, my expertise, and how would I use that for my own successful journey? So I remember the word, when I came to the word storification, because storify simply means taking a narrative and telling a story. So I realized that someone needs to hear my story. And if you think about every person that you comes to your mind, who have a successful business or whatever it is, they have a story behind that. So if I can create a habit of finding the right story, and even if it was the wrong story initially, and but framing that where it works for me, then I don't have to then be thinking more about, well, what then do I need to do today? 
I can automatically help people with my story because I'm in that mode, I'm in that habit, I'm in constantly in that present state of using my story to help someone else move from where they are to where they need to be. I'm not sure that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's exactly where things went for me, especially in the last year or two, if you look at it. And I had a great talk with someone about this yesterday was that, you know, they were almost afraid to share their story. And it was one of the biggest things that was preventing them from moving forward. And a lot of people ask me, you know, how did things just like explode for you? You know, I, I jumped on the, the podcast train and started the podcast and wrote a book. And, you know, if you look at my story from where it was two years ago, it's just been insane. And I think that part of that only happens when you start to share your story with other people, because it's going to start to resonate with them. They're going to want to start talking to you, helping you out. You're going to want to start helping them out and changing their story. And I mean, that's what it's really about. So I completely agree with that. Yeah. And, and every, you know, even in a business, for example, even a business have a story behind it. And the more I can share that, like you rightly say, the more it not only becomes a part of my in my in my DNA, but it then helps someone to also share, like you said, share their story. The whole idea of self disclosure. So if I disclose something to you, you're more apt to disclose something back to me, and we go back and forth in that area. But what happened is, you know, I've had, uh, for example, in 2008, after I left my job, six months after that, I had a quadruple bypass surgery. Wow. Now, I laid in a hospital bed, never thought, never expected it, never saw it coming. Healthy, I exercised, I ate pretty much a good, you know, healthy meals. And that happened to me because of stress and a number of other, other things. Now, when I share that story to someone who is, have gone through something like that, I wonder, man, will this keep me from my dream? I'm saying, hey, no, it doesn't have to be. Here's how you can let the story work for you. So I speak to people maybe, um, that, who have gone through that. I speak to organizations that have people who are, you know, invite me to talk to a heart-related organization, for example, the Heart Society. Well, I can, they can relate to that. That's my story. Now, what I find then is once I've done that, my story connects me to people. The C part is collaboration. Mm -hmm. Now, I can collaborate with others who are like-minded to help me even take the story much further. And then it helps them as well establish how they can do it as well to take their story. So it's really a helping each other ride that, you know, hold the rising tide idea and the ship gets risen the more the tide comes in. And so we collaborate to do that together. We work together on our stories. We work together on a business idea, whatever it might be. I find the story is a common denominator, pulls us together, and now we can do collaborative things. Totally. I think that the collaboration really comes from two places, right? Like you share your story and either someone is A, going through that or B, has a fear that that could happen and, and wants to avoid that as much as possible. I mean, look, if I, if, you know, I share a lot of the times about my experience with uh, depression, panic attacks and anxiety disorders. Mm. And, you know, there's I think there's two types of people. There's people that have been there and done that and, and, and might still be there right now and totally want to move as far away from that as possible and learn how you did it. Or there's people who have never been there, but they hear about it and they're like, man, I don't want to go that direction at all. What do I do to make sure that I stay, you know, in fit, healthy uh, mind and body shape? I, and, and that's so true. I think you're right on target with that because imagine person hear your story about the, the different disorders you've had and the anxiety and the depression and all of that. Well, they're looking at your life today and saying, it's not, it's, work, it's not holding you back 
from what it is you are attempting to do and what you want to do. You've written a book a year later. You have a successful podcast. Well, wow, may I could possibly do that. And I've gone through my depression. I've gone through my anxiety disorders. I too can do that. So your story has served them. Now can be collaborative to help them as well as they help you in even furthering what it is you're trying to do. So I believe that collaborative effort is so important. And I'll give you another quick example here, Zephan, because as a teenager, I was molested. So when I tell that story to people, especially in the work that I do in coaching and also in counseling, and I have someone who is kind of hesitant about some areas of their lives, and at some particular time when it serves them, I can self-disclose about my experience. When I do, it's almost like, oh, it gives them reason to exhale. And now they're like into me, into the story, and I can help them to take them to where they want to go. So that whole part is so very, very important. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see what happens when you become vulnerable. It, it yes. just totally opens up the space for other people to do it too. And the truth is so many people don't want to go there because it, I'm really trying to figure this out because for the longest time, uh, you know, people just thought that it was okay that you don't talk about your problems. You hold it in. You have to make it look like you're calm on the surface yeah. all the time. And the truth is that's just not going to, to work out in the long run. It's going to take its toll on your mind and your body. And and so I definitely agree with that too. Now, so we've got collaboration. What happens next? The O is optimization. So for example, I now I'm collaborating. I'm telling my story. I begin to look at what is it that's working? How, what of the things I'm doing, I need to do more of. And so this is the idea of then begin to focus on the strength parts of the story and the collaboration and just kind of almost like honing in on that piece and do more of that because it's working. It's it's causing the, the kind of momentum I'm looking for. It's connecting with the right people. My business is doing better. So I'm beginning to optimize now more of what's working. Right. So you brought out something really important here, and that is to really almost pause and take a look back for a second. Because I think when you start to work with other people and things start falling into place, first of all, you could totally miss it. You know, the old Ferris Bueller quote is, you know, if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you can miss it. Uh, and it's really talking about life. You know, this is your mm. experience and your journey. And part of this optimization optimization process it sounds like is not only going back and and looking at you know what you've accomplished so far but also saying you know how do i do this better how do i you know increase that momentum or increase that exponential growth you know what can i do that's uh, you know perhaps wasting time or taking up too many of my resources and, and that's so i think that's that's spot on and i think what it it does it helps you to celebrate the things that are going okay because sometimes we just tend to look at what's not working and then we don't we spend most time with our energy on that when there's some things that are working but we're overlooking them so that all gives us a chance to do the whole celebration piece and then to do more of that and again it's whole the forward motion of everything the storification the collaboration the optimization is always forward movement that we're looking for here in these habits that we're forming and we're doing more of them yeah you know prime example of this was that 
uh, probably two, three years ago, I, you know, my background is in video. I own a video production company and I created this online course for how to shoot really professional looking videos with just your iPhone. And mm. I put it up online. I started to, you know, uh, do Facebook ads and all mm. this stuff to try to sell people into it. And I sold maybe two or three people into it. And then four or five months go by and I was talking to my coach and she's like, well, what happened? And I said, well, I just stopped. <laughs> Mm. She said, why did you stop? And I said, I don't really know. It just, you know, it took putting money into Facebook ads and I didn't want to do that. And it's like, but it was working. Like people were buying it. So this mm. is a great example, at least in the online business world, for people tuning in where it's like th there was no reason to stop. Like right. keep that momentum going. Look back at what you've done. Continue to do better and always push forward. Exactly. And I think in that whole forward motion, then it leads us into the R because it's reconciliation. Because in anything we're doing in this regard, online or otherwise, we're going to experience either offending someone or someone's going to offend us. Right. And I, I believe it's so important for us to be able to reconcile, especially relationships. You know, I have a friend who was sharing with me recently about how they were working with someone and something happened and, you know, kind of went sour and they're just really so bitter about the whole thing and upset and it's just draining their energy. And I, my whole point is that, okay, how do you reconcile with self, number one? Because you're going to mess up. You're going to make get things right sometimes and wrong sometimes and so also people are going to you know cut you off and and just kind of do things that are not going to be always up on board with what it is you're doing so you need to find a way to release those people release yourself and realize that it's only a hindrance to your progress so there's always going to be a need to reconcile with self it's okay it's part of life these things happen move on Right. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly the best way to go because, uh, and I can say this firsthand, it was scary when I put my book out there and you bet I got some haters who came in and started to tell mm. me that, uh, you know, who am I to, to tell people what to do with their lives and, and how is it that I know uh, the best way to go? And the truth is I don't. They actually took it completely the wrong way. The truth is I try to give as many examples of entrepreneurs and people out there who are making it happen because it's going to click with somebody and they're going to hear one strategy or tip that someone put into place and it's going to work for them. And, and yeah. really that's, that's all I'm trying to do is to put out there, you know, the best content and the best interviews with people who have already made it happen. And they example I always go back to is that I think it was like the four or the five minute mile. I really have to figure out whether it's four or five minutes. I don't remember, but mm. it took someone showing other people that it was possible. And then the next month, like a hundred people broke the same record. So mm. I, I think that it really takes one person stepping up to the plate and showing others what's possible. And, you know, it, you've got to reconcile with the past and keep moving. And I think that's where some people, especially in this space, gets bogged down. And they're, you know, that this, friend I'm, this person I'm talking about, they were so eaten up by that. And it just drained their energy and their optimism and their excitement about life. I'm thinking, wow, man, imagine this is part of life. This is part of it. And so when I go back to the whole mindset idea, it's simply saying, get used to the idea. There's some who are going to like what you're doing some who are not going to like what you're doing, and it's okay. You're going to mess up. You're going to offend people, and it's okay. Get over it, especially with yourself. Realize that everyone makes mistakes. This may be one of those mistakes on your part, 
and keep on moving. Because if you don't get in the habit of constantly doing that, then you're not going to experience the success you want into your life. And then the E comes right behind that because the E is elimination. There are some things that needs to be eliminated on an ongoing basis. Mm. It could be a relationship that's very toxic. It could be a an idea or a product that's not working. And we just, you know, it's our baby idea, you know, so I don't want, for example, when I first started my podcast, you know, this is my fourth round in my podcast world because my first one was like, you know, it wasn't happening. The traction was not there. And the second one began to be like, I wasn't feeling myself. It's as if I was not being authentic. And you know what? For me, Zephan is like saying, I've got to be able to let that go and eliminate that and be okay with that. And so there's some things in our lives and some relationships that we have to remove ourselves from or them from us so we can be able to move into our best life and our more successful um, business you know, acumen that we want to, to experience. Yeah, and I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that we have to eliminate something physical. Uh, you know, we forget that there are many mental blockages and things going on inside our head or uh, old thoughts or limitations in what we think we're capable of. You know, I think that was a big thing uh, for many entrepreneurs is they never knew that they were capable of starting a business until they did it. And so removing that blockage is one of the best ways to move forward. And, you know, that's, I think you're that's I, I like what I like that idea of framing it that way, because sometimes we, you know, like I mentioned before, it sounds to be more like relationships and products, but I think sometimes the elimination elimination process might simply mean for me is how I look at certain things, my my stinking thinking, my limiting beliefs, you know, how do I eliminate that from the process and or get minimize that so that I can be able to function. So it's in a process of scoring and keeping on. And this is not a one-time thing. I got to keep on doing circle back over the story and the collaboration and the optimization and reconciliation and elimination and go back to the, So it's a whole constant, continuous process because there's always going to be new stuff, new relationships, new ideas that are going to constantly be coming up. And I've got to find a way to use them to my own benefit. So people are probably thinking at this point, look, I mean, this is a great strategy with transforming habits. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, if we go in and give someone the smart goals idea, you know, right. you want to make sure that every goal is smart and this is how you follow it. How do we take score and apply this? Is this something where like we should be journaling in the morning and writing about it? Or is this something where, you know, how do we uh, push forward with this and actually implement this and make this happen throughout our day? Great question. I, I think the idea is for us, to every one of us to look at our what it is that we've gone through, our experiences. What's the story there? Because it's our story, because you know, you may have heard the phrase, story sells, facts, tells. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to sell myself, so a product or anything, I've got to then identify what's that one story that I want to use to propel me in my in my goal, in my journey, in my whatever I want to accomplish. So that's to me, it's very critical that I be able to identify the story that I can use and then go back. Who can I connect with? Who is like minded? Who am I seeing that doing some things that I would like to do or they're currently doing that I would like to do right now. So I'm going to collaborate and network with those people. Then I, as I go through all of that, and this is a person right there who's listening, who's saying, how do I apply that to myself? 
I'm simply saying, start with your story. Next, find someone who can collaborate with. Then begin to optimize what's working. And it could be very small steps. It could be incremental things. It doesn't have to be anything too big. And then begin to reconcile when you mess up and be okay with that. Realize it's going to happen. And then eliminate what's not working and what you do need to do less of and keep the process going. So I believe, Stefan, it's incredibly important for the person that's listening right now if they can get a hold of this core principle and these habits, I believe it could dynamically, I mean, revolutionize their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Now, there was something you had brought up at the beginning with habits. We were talking about how, um, you know, there are certain chores or things that we tend to put energy to that we might not have to, and we could actually convert them into habits, something that's almost second nature, like driving a car. Uh, is there maybe one or two chores or things that you think we do on a daily basis uh, that are pretty common with, with many people that we could probably convert over to being a habit so that we don't have to put as many resources into it? Well, you know, go back to the idea of reconciliation, for example. We, at times, experience hiccups in our relationships. One of those habits could be to apologize, mm. to to quickly say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. And and get you know, and not to trivialize or to make it very, you know, it's it's genuinely saying to the person, Hey, I'm I'm so sorry. So I don't have to then carry that with me. I'm in the habit mode. So when something happens, I'm quick to apologize, quick to seek forgiveness, and quick to own up to my responsibility and move forward. That's, a, to me, a very important habit to have in our in our daily lives. I think that's probably one of the biggest ones because I, I was attending a conference that I was actually filming with my business. And one of the big things they were talking about is everyone wants to be right. We try so hard to be right. And we never want to be wrong. We never want someone else to be, you know, incorrect. We always want to correct them. And one of the problems with that is that it prevents us from saying sorry or apologizing and moving forward. And having that power to uh, let go of being right and to just say sorry and move forward is sometimes more important than than the other person and what's going on with them. You know, I, I think that we, we want to try so hard to win the fight in a sense yeah. when sometimes it could be so much simpler to just say, I'm sorry, let's move forward. And, you know, that's one of those things that uh, you mentioned about habits where we can expend less energy. What if that, as a person listening right now, begin to practice that and get in the habits of saying, I'm sorry, and taking responsibility for your action? What that does, really, it takes that stress of their system and of the relationship, and they can feel free to use the energy in areas that are much more needed. Yeah, absolutely. Kingsley, this has been an awesome conversation so far, and I didn't even realize, but we've almost gone a full half hour for this episode. Wow. <laughs> so lots of great stuff came out of this. I think that more and more people tuning in are going to be interested in checking out the score habits. Is there a place for them to go to online to learn more information about you and what you're doing? Sure. If they go, go to kingsleygrant.com, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y. G-R-A-N-T dot com. There you can find out how to get a connect with me and all that information I've shared is on my website. Perfect. And is there any lasting words of wisdom that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah, I would just say that you are created to do great things. 
But remember, greatness does not come overnight. You have to start to be great. You don't have to be great to start. Perfect. I love it. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, Stefan, for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. It's Zef. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted